0: Well, we're kind of coming to our conclusion, (laughs) well,
1: in fact, it's such a thing, at least we're coming to part four. We've been talking about revival, what the Bible has to say about revival and, uh, you know, what God is doing in our world right now. And there is a revival going on, believe it or not. You know what the Bible says, where sin abounds? Uh,
0: What's it, how does it say that? Grace much more abounds.
1: Grace much more abounds. So we can look and go, hey, man, there's lots of terrible, crazy things going on in our world. But God is on the move, even in the midst of all that. That's right. He really, genuinely is. So I'd like to, uh, to continue on. And what we're talking about is revival. God is on the move. And there are certain things that, you know, puts us in a position to be used of God. Did, did, did I have my uh, hope zone still back here? Just uh, here. I would think so. Yep. Yes, it is. The last series that we taught, it was the Hope Zone, and we learned about hope. Is that <laughs> me talking up there? How to get in two different places? Okay. And, uh, you know, what we talked about, the Hope Zone... Being a man or woman of hope, living hopeful, is a choice. You choose to live in the hope zone, you know. And faith is a substance of things hoped for. And the definition of a biblical hope is a confident expectation for the future. So faith is really a confident expectation for the future. And we make a choice where we're going to be hopeful are we going to be empty, you know, and have no hope in us? But this is also serving as uh, the circle that we've challenged over the last couple of weeks. Draw a circle, you know, however you want to do so here at your home, in your house, in your driveway, with chalk, with the grass, the lawnmower, whatever, however you want to do it. And you say, God, you draw a circle and you stand in it and you say, God, send revival. And start with filling this circle with revival, and I'm the one who's in it. And we challenge you, you know, do the same thing in the shower if you want to do so. Say, God, send a revival, you know, in in the showers. Send a revival right where I'm at because we can be asking God to send revival in our world and in our nation and all, but you really need to ask God to send revival right here in this little circle first. That's where it begins at. It genuinely does. It begins with us. And uh, I think I told you, R.A. Torrey once said, the prescription that will bring revival to any church, to any community, to any city, is these three things. This is a prescription. That a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. Now, would you consider that you're right with God? Yes. Is there room for improvement? Did somebody say?
0: Yes, always.
1: And and if we really want to get right with God, and we're saying send a revival here in this little circle here, that a few Christians get thoroughly right with God. If that part's not done, you're wasting your time. If we don't really get right with God and do the right thing, God loves us and He's very forgiving, but He is not tolerant. Of sin. He does not just say, Oh, I'm just gonna bless a sinful life, a sinful lifestyle, because God's on the move working in and through men and women, boys and girls who just get thoroughly right with Him, and He's on the move there. Number two, let them bind themselves together to pray for revival until God opens the windows of heaven and comes down. And third, let them put themselves at the disposal of God for his use as he sees fit in winning others to Christ. Do we say, God, whatever you want me to do, and it might be baking cookies. It might be taking them somewhere. Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it for you. I'm going to get really, really right with God. I'm going to begin to pray on a daily basis that God sent revival and just whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm going to do that. Pretty simple. And it's very, very life-changing for the person standing in that circle first and then it becomes contagious to those around about it. There's something I was reading about, the walking revival. And I was reading this article about once reporters went to London to report firsthand on this marvelous happening of the great Welsh Revival. And this this was something that people were hearing about all around the, the world, you know. This great Welsh revival at the turn of the century. And on their arrival, where these reporters came to in Wales, one of them asked a policeman where the Welsh revival was. Because it was well known that God was on the move there, you know. And drawing himself to his full height and laid his hand over his heart and proudly proclaimed, gentlemen, the Welsh revival is inside this uniform. Mm. And he had caught the holy fire of God. Mm. He did what we were talking about. He said, Lord, right here, send revival in me. It's easy to pray that God would send revival in somebody else. In a neighbor, a family member, a worker, or even another state. We'll say, God sent a revival. It changes things in the world in which we live. 1
0: Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 says, I passed on to you what was most important.
1: What, what was most important.
0: And what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said.
1: There's nothing more important than the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He died in our place to wash our sins away, to give us this absolutely fantastic hope. And we are hopeful of what he has in store for us. You know, Jesus was unwilling to maintain, you know, preoccupied with the symptoms. He wasn't just going to be preoccupied with. With symptoms, you know, when Jesus could destroy the cause of the disease called sin itself. You you know Jesus can just totally destroy that, right? He's the greatest physician of all. And we can counsel and legislate and medicate. And we can try to regulate people's behavior. But men and women, boys and girls here on this planet, they need a new heart. They need a new nature. They need the forgiveness of Almighty God. It's like when a a fuse blows. Have you ever had a... I don't even know if they still do it that way anymore. You ever have a fuse blow in your house? And you can just go to a neighbor and run an extension cord from their house and let them pay for the electrical from now on. That don't work very good. Very temporary. At... At the best. And sometimes people will try to do the temporary, you know, just a temporary fix. But we need to fix the problem on your house. And Jesus is the one who can fix the problems in our life. If, if we allow him to, if we want him to, if, if we ask him to.
0: So back to First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, it says, He was buried... And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture says.
1: See, Jesus went for the juggler. He genuinely did. He, he didn't ask us to reform. Jesus asked us to be reborn. It says it in the book of John. He says, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. And that's just a transformation that he makes in our life. He forgives all of our past. And just like a baby, and and we're squeaky clean, we're forgiven, we're pardoned as we come to him. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. And see, repentance brings revival. Repentance, it brings revival where we turn from our sin and we turn to God. He forgives us, fills us with the Holy Spirit, and he brings revival into our life at that point in time.
0: Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says, Now turn from your sins... Turn what? From your sins.
1: Turn from your sins, you know. Re- repentance is to, to change your mind and to change your direction. You turn, we talked about this last week, you turn from your sins and you turn to God. There's this turning process that God wants us to understand. And repentance is, uh, you remember that kind of turn I was telling you that you can do down in the middle of the road somewhere? You A U-turn. You turn. A U-turn. And I'll tell you something. God allows U-turns, but I want to tell you, he wants you to turn. Mm-hmm. And you make the choice. I'm going to turn from my sin. He's not going to do it for me. He challenges me to repent, to repent. Turn from my sin and turn to him and he'll forgive me. And he'll lead us and guide us and bless us and and work in us and through us and use us. That's what he wants us to do.
0: Now turn from your sins and turn to God so you can be cleansed of your sins. Then wonderful times of refreshment.
1: That's that word revival there. When you've turned from your sin whatever it might be, and you've turned toward God and he forgives us and he cleanses us, then he says,
0: then wonderful times of refreshment will will come from the presence of the Lord and he will send Jesus, your Messiah, to you again. Repentance
1: brings revival. When we turn from our sin, now God is infinitely in love with us and he pardons us and he forgives us. But when we turn from our sin to him, he forgives us. That is the most wonderful miracle you and I can ever possibly experience. Our sins are washed away. That's why we get to go to heaven and live with him. Because what Christ has already done for us, you know, repentance brings revival. Turning from sin, turning to God. Now I'd like us to read a... A few passages here, because it's really important that we understand what it means to turn from sin. Do you all think you might know what to turn from sin means? Pretty much. Repentance, yeah. Pretty much so. Stop. I I can spell that, you know. Stop what? Stop the sinning. You know, because the devil tempts us to, to, you know, grab a hold of us and destroy us. Jesus went to the cross to forgive us of our sins. He loves us. God's not mad at us. He just
0: wants to bring about a transformation
1: in our lives is what he wants to do.
0: Romans chapter 1 verse 14 says, For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right, In his sight, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. From start
1: to finish, in other translations it would say he's the author and the finisher of our faith. From start to finish, he's behind it
0: all. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They suppress the truth. It's an intentional thing. That's happening a lot these days.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you see it, but in our, our media right now, in our political system, in our culture, there's a lot of suppressing the truth and people declaring things that ain't true as true we got to change this and change that and not believe this and not believe that. Well, I'll tell you what, God's Word is is what directs us. It builds our faith. It instructs us. And He says His Word is full of living power. Mm -hmm. And it changes our life. It's the manufacturer's handbook, if you would.
0: They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks.
1: They knew him, but they wouldn't worship him as God or, or even give him
0: thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like.
1: Does anybody here know what God's like? Yes. Well, he says here, there are people who think up foolish ideas of what God was like.
0: As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie.
1: But they, can you imagine... Trading the truth for a lie, the truth will set us free. You get rid of the truth and you begin to believe and live by a lie. That's what he's talking about here.
0: They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with with women, turned with lust for each other. Burned, I'm sorry, with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet, they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too.
1: He says, worse
0: yet. Worse They
1: don't only disobey God and and do things that God tells us not to, because it's harmful to us and to other people. But there are people, and we know this right now, there are people, and there are people in the whole political agenda who are advocating people to do ungodly things. Ungodly things They advocate to do those kinds of things. They're encouraging others to do that. And he says here, worse, worse than just doing those kinds of things, is those they encourage others to do them too. That's really a a horrible situation. If if a a person is a reprobate and they, they live a sinful life, that's on them. But when they're trying to encourage other people to do evil and wicked things, that's really pretty bad. And the thing is, God wants to wake us up. He will forgive any man. He will forgive any woman, any boy, any girl. He'll forgive and he'll cleanse and he'll transform us and he'll change us. You know, that's what God does. He loves us. He's crazy about us. He's not mad at us, Mm -hmm. but he wants to set us free, and he surely does not want us to encourage other people to do evil kinds of things.
0: That was Romans chapter 1. Now Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, You may be saying, what terrible people you have been talking about, but you're just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does these things. Do you think that God will judge and condemn others for doing them and not judge you when you do them too? Don't you realize how kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see how kind he has been in giving you time to turn from your sins?
1: And that's repentance. Mm -hmm. He gives us time to turn from our sins. And turn to him. And he says he'll forgive us. And he will cleanse us. And he will revive us. That's what he wants to do. Because he's got a plan for each and every one of our lives. If we will respond to him and do what he wants us to do.
0: But no, you won't listen. So you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself because of your stubbornness in refusing to turn from your sin.
1: And that's repentance turning from our sin and turning to God, receiving his forgiveness and Holy Spirit and this power that transforms us and changes us.
0: For there is going to come a day of judgment when God, the just judge of all the world, will judge all people according to what they've done. He will give eternal life to those who persist in doing what is good.
1: And you you can't do, you know, very much good ...in this whole world without Jesus. You know that? He transforms us and he empowers us. He enables us. He says he'll give eternal life to those who persist in doing what is good. And we're going to do some good in this whole world. It's because of Jesus working in our lives.
0: Seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves who refuse to obey the truth and practice evil deeds. Man, this is a heavy couple of chapters here. I know.
1: We've rarely talked about these kinds of things, but it's just like God wants to set us free. He does. He wants us in revival. It's good
0: news that he's... It is uh, fantastic news. paid for it all, for everybody.
1: There's all kinds of things going on in our world right now that our world is trying to get us to abandon our children and the school systems and not let them know what the truth is. And not telling them what's left or right or, or a girl or a boy or a possum or a kangaroo or a porcupine, you know. And, and that sounds kind of foolish, but that's just like the way it is. It's like, why are people doing such things? There's just some common sense that's out there, but they're intentionally, deliberately doing some very evil things.
0: Verse 9, there will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on sinning, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile.
1: You know, God's blessings and his grace, and his grace is his enabling power. It, it enables us to appropriate repentance. God gives us the power to change. God does that because there's a whole lot of things we just can't change. Even, even when we try to turn from our sin, but when you turn from and you turn to him, he empowers us. He says he sends Holy Spirit to empower us. And to bring about transformation and change in our life. God's got a reason and a purpose for every man, woman, boy, and girl here who's watching online. He's got a plan for our life. And he wants us to join him and to be part of what he has in
0: store. Verse 10. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down.
1: Do do, do you ever carry weight that you shouldn't carry? Yes. We can carry it physically. We could also just put it in our pockets or our pocketbooks or our little backpack and try to carry a whole lot of weight around. And, you know, just looking around, cleaning up some stuff before the service started and I I noticed that I had some remember I used this last week, this anchor? So anybody here like to race me just down one of these little aisles here. I'm gonna give you this to carry, okay? (laughs) What happens if you try to race carrying a big old weight?
0: You're gonna lose You're gonna lose. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly you, you, you want to race me yeah. you can carry my nice little anchor well the scripture says here
0: therefore since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight strip off the weight it,
1: it, have you ever been in a race really yeah. do, do, do you carry all the extra weight you can get a hold of you don't pick up rocks along the way? You get rid of all the weight, do you not? You strip off all the weight that slows us down so we can accomplish what we want to do. Let so us
0: strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And there's
1: sin, and the Bible's telling us to turn from sin and turn to God. The, the weight... Sin is a weight and it slows us down and we can't hardly accomplish what God's created us to do because of the sinfulness. It weighs us down and it's not good for us, that's for sure, you know. Is there something that's hindering your progress? Is there something in your life and you know, well, that's really not good and I'm really not able to do what God wants me to do and I'm asking them to send a revival. I'm drawing my circle. And I'm saying, send a revival right here. And God's going, I want you to get rid of this weight. I'll help you. Are we willing to turn loose? And Does he say, how does he say get rid
0: of it? Strip it, strip it off.
1: Strip it off. Strip it off. Strip it off. And he empowers us to strip off that sin and that weight that slows us down and hinders Isn't that a word he used? Hinders our progress. And and he, he wouldn't be telling us this if it wasn't going to help us in the whole process of this, you know?
0: Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us.
1: See, you could run the race with endurance. That means you're not going to get too tired. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up if you strip all, all this stuff that you don't need to be carrying, if you can strip it off. You strip that weight off, You know that's, that's, that's going to slow you down. That's going to hinder your progress. He says, let us run with endurance.
0: The race that God has set before us.
1: You know, turning from sin and turning to God, that's a U-turn. You know, the great big old U-turn, but it's also a Y-O-U-turn. got to do the turning. Because God will not force us to turn. He won't. It's a U-turn, and it's the scripture that refers to that, is that he wants us to turn from our sin that's so harmful toward us and to turn to him who loves us and is going to take care of us. And he's got a wonderful place called heaven that awaits us. But even while we're here, he's going to help us every step of the way.
0: We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus.
1: And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we we endure this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? Have y'all seen him recently? Did he walk around? Well, you, you, you're right. This here is the living word. He, he tells us. He, he's revealing his nature, his attitude, his heart, everything about him. He reveals that through his word. And it tells us, here, we do this. We run with endurance as race. And we we cross the finish line. We run with endurance this race by keeping our eyes on Jesus.
0: On whom our faith depends from start to finish.
1: From start to finish.
0: He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he, he knew would be his afterward.
1: Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you and for me because of the joy he knew he was going to have by pardoning and forgiving us and welcoming us to heaven one day, he endured the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterwards.
0: Now he is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven.
1: And then in Ezra chapter 9, verse 6, it says, I prayed, O oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you. For our sins are piled higher than our heads. Have you ever felt that your sins are piled higher than your head? You know, our sins, our disobedience to God is piled higher than our head. And our guilt has reached to the heavens. And that's why he sent his son Jesus. To forgive us. God's not mad at you. He he wants to forgive every one of us. He wants to help each and every one of us in this world of darkness. He wants us to be able to walk in the light. He wants to give us hope and, and purpose is what he wants to do.
0: On the Style Channel's Clean House, which is a program, experts sweep into a cluttered home with the the purpose of leaving it more comfortable, attractive, and livable. The experts face the challenges of clothes strewn across the floor, bulging cabinets, closets filled from top to bottom, cluttered countertops and overflowing kitchens, bedrooms, bathrooms, and living rooms, and not a clean room in the house. The expert's first step is to take an inventory of all the stuff. Then decisions are made about what to sell in a yard sale and what to keep. The homeowners try to hold on to favorite clothes from years gone by, childhood keepsakes, and space-taking trivia. But then they yield. They have a yard sale and the money they earn helps with the makeover. Then the family leaves and the work begins. Rooms are cleaned out, redone for more efficiency and attractiveness, And repainted. Curtains are hung. Cabinets set in and walls decorated. When the family returns, nervous anticipation quickly gives way to excitement and laughter. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, thank you, the family says amid smiles and tears. In the spiritual realm, there comes a time for each of us to take an inventory of what's in our hearts. We need to get rid of some things and do some repairing and remodeling. Like the family's own clean house, we have an expert in remodeling and renovation, Jesus Christ, who can make our makeover an astounding success.
1: Would you like Jesus to help clean out some things in your life? Yes. And you know he's not mean, he's not judgmental, he's not critical, he's just going to help us. You know? That, that, That offers so much hope. Because even in the natural, it's it's hard to get rid of the clutter. Clutter's up our lives. But on a spiritual level, he specializes in setting us free. He, he, He really does. When Thomas Beecher would find a clock in his church that was running too fast or running too slow, he hung a little card on the wall above it which read, Don't blame me. And he was acting like the clock was saying this to the passers-by. Don't blame my hands. The trouble lies deeper. You can't just blame the hands of a clock, can you? If it's not telling the proper time, what's messing it up? Something deep in the heart of the clock needs to be repaired. It's not just the hands. You can't blame those it's the same with us when our hands do wrong things when our hands do wrong things or our feet or our lips or even our thoughts the trouble lies so deep that only god's miracle power can heal it sin goes deep but jesus and his word Go deeper. And he wants to heal the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to fix like the hands of a clock. And a, a master clockmaker, he can fix the hands of a clock. But he goes to the heart of the clock to fix the hands. And Jesus wants to go to the heart of us. You know, if our world is so full of wickedness. You can't turn on any form of media without seeing or hearing or hearing or being exposed to something that's pretty bad and vulgar. Is that right? I mean, it's just like you you can't hardly do that, you know? And he wants to fix broken hearts. He wants to change us. He wants to revive us. He wants to awaken us for what he has
0: in store Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live.
1: The way we live can bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit?
0: Yes. So
1: just ask yourself this question. The way you're living, does it make the Holy Spirit sorrowful? Does He go, oh. You know? Or does it encourage him? Let's continue on.
0: And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he is the one who has de- identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. What percentage is uh, he wants? He rid of one hundred percent all bitterness.
1: Have you ever been bitter toward somebody? Have you ever been bitter toward God? That happens. God, why'd you let this happen? You know, that happens, and we get bitter toward people. But He says here. Get rid, and we're talking about some house cleaning here, and our, this house at which we live in. Get rid of all the bitterness. Get rid of 100% of the bitterness. You know what? Bitterness, if you look it up, in its original language it says poison. I think it's a good idea to get rid of the poison in our life. Yes. You know? Get rid of all bitterness.
0: All rage. All, anger, I think all should be in front of all of those, right? It is.
1: All bitterness, comma, rage, comma, anger, comma, harsh words, comma, slander, comma, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Mm -hmm. All. All of them. Get rid of all of those things in our life because they surely don't
0: help us. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted. Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There's a song we used to sing about that. It
1: is, it is isn't it? You know? Be kind one, one to another, another. tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, God. for Christ's sake has, has forgiven, forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32 Just so you guys know. Oh, you
0: forgot this part. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We don't we don't practice this stuff, you know. It's like, oh, I'm the result we learned years ago about all that. So
0: be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians chapter five, going on. This that was the end of Ephesians four. It says, follow God's example in everything.
1: And what percentage is everything?
0: 100%. 100%.
1: Follow God's example. And if you study the life of Jesus, and you can read about it, and they have wonderful movies. The book of Matthew is Word for the Bible, a fantastic movie to it, and you can learn a whole lot about Jesus. But he's saying here, follow God's example in everything you do. Now, you think God really expects us to follow his example
0: in everything? Yep, that's what it says. There's lots of things that
1: hurt us in this world, aren't they?
0: Yeah.
1: And and we should follow the example of how Jesus would handle that? God will bless every man, woman, boy, and girl who follows the example of Christ. He surely will.
0: Follow God's example in everything you do because you are his dear children. Yes. Live a life filled with love for others.
1: You know what? We were talking about revival. And Susan and I have been studying a good bit on this topic of revival. And we've seen churches pretty much just die. And and some churches get revived and just are on fire for the almighty God. And, and, and it's all because of one of these where people... Have been upset with each other. They didn't get along together.
0: Unforgiveness.
1: Unforgiveness. And when they choose to forgive, there's leaders in churches. They haven't talked for five years. And there was a guy telling his pastor, he said, I know what the problem is. I know why God's not sitting in revival here. He said, me and brother so-and-so, we have not talked because they were bitter toward each other in five years. If you got bitterness in your heart towards somebody, and you can be bitter toward God Himself, and it just quenches that holy fire that would consume all the stuff that clutters us up, that would set us free. But anyhow, let's, let's continue on here.
0: Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased because that sacrifice was like a sweet perfume to him.
1: Let's talk about catching flies for a moment. You, you all ever catch flies? No? not <laughs> not something you do in your spare time, you know? I, I, I'm really not talking about softballs and baseballs and things like that. There's a, a little saying, I jotted it down, that I, I've i heard all my life. And it was talking about, you know, uh, where's my bag at? This is apple cider vinegar with the mother. That's with the the pulp in it. Now would vinegar would it be really attractive I mean would could I catch you with this? It might be good for you. It is good for you. But would I be more apt to catch you with vinegar? Or with honey. I'm going to go for the honey myself, you know. And that was the old saying. It's like you can catch more
0: flies with honey
1: honey than with vinegar. vinegar. And that's what we need to to become aware of when we're dealing with other people. And we need to be more like honey instead of just like vinegar, just Mm -hmm. all sour and things that God call? Might be. Oh no, is that my mama?
0: <laughs> and I turned off her phone. No.
1: Is that your phone, Mama?
0: <laughs> I cut it off on our way
1: here. <laughs> well now, don't be don't be bitter about it, Mama. Okay? <laughs> Don't be upset with us. I'm glad I ain't not the one who tried to turn it off.
0: Oh, well. But
1: but can't we become bitter toward people? We we really can become bitter. And is Jesus bitter with you? No. He is so willing to forgive us regardless of what we've done in our life. He wants to forgive us. He wants to set us free. He wants us to do well in this whole life and then spend eternity with him one day
0: yeah
1: that's that's what he wants he genuinely does you know um uh, let me see here in Acts chapter 2
0: verse 38 Peter replied each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God you must who, who? each of you each of you turn from your sins.
1: Each of you. Mm-hmm. So that's a you turn, isn't it? A you it?
0: turn. You that's turn a you turn. From your sins. You turn you know, if,
1: to I God. can't turn for you and you can't turn for me. And there may be times we want to turn for somebody else. We want to help them to do the right thing. But he's telling us right here, each of you, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, each of you
0: must, must go ahead, okay. Turn from your sins and turn to God. Wow,
1: you 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 must is what he's telling us here. You must do the turning. You know, there's a U-turn in every one of our life, and it's our choice. It's just like the thing about hope, the hope zone. You're going to make the choice whether you're going to live in the the zone of hope and be hopeful and have a confident expectation for the future. You make that choice and. You will make the choice. So whether you ask God to send revival in this circle. As I stand in that, send revival in this circle. Send this re- a revival in the shower where I'm at. Start the revival here in, in Connecticut. Start it with me. Very easy, Lord, just do it somebody else, but send a revival right here. I, I'm willing. I, I'm yours. I, I'm uh All in. All in. How did you know what I was going to say? I'm all in. 100% in. That's what we're talking about. Can we continue through there?
0: Each of you must turn from your sin and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he
1: empowers us to live the Christian life.
0: This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles all who have been called by the Lord, your our God.
1: Now let me see here. You know what this is? Yep. Y'all you know what this is? A piece of charcoal. Have you ever had a charcoal fire? Mm-hmm. Put them all in there. You light them up. There's many different ways to light them up there. And they get going red and all. And if you had a pair of tongs, and you could reach in and take one out and set it on the sidewalk or somewhere, and you wait for a couple of minutes, and the red glow disappears. And it goes out. But if I got all these over here and they're in a little grill or somewhere and they're, you know, just all glowing red hot, you can take that one that has gone out, cause it is all alone, you can take that piece of charcoal, and you can put it back in with the other charcoal that's glowing red, and what will happen to that one? Yeah. Revive. <laughs> it will be revived a revival takes place, in that piece of charcoal, that fire is contagious. And sometimes we can just try to live all alone with, with, without God and we're just in a sinful life. But he tells us, me, I got to do this. You turn from your sins to God. And he will surely set us on fire. You and I on fire. You know, not a destructive fire, but a a fire that warms our heart and it draws people who are living in the darkness to this illuminated glow. you know. But well, we can't do it on our own. We need each other. And you try this one day. You set your charcoal to glow there, take one out, see if it don't go out. Then take it and throw it back in with the other ones see if it don't catch on fire and begin to glow. And maybe you're going to cook your lunch with it, you know? So you'll warm yourself out there or something. But uh, you don't want you don't want to go it alone. You you, you really don't. Let's see here. What, what verse was I on here? Okay, yes, Psalms one hundred and nineteen. Now we've already read this verse one hundred and thirty nine. Okay, I see that here. Thank you. Uh, we've already read this verse probably about three times. Mm-hmm. But I want to read it again. Or you can read it for me if you want yeah, to. Yeah,
0: it's something we could pray every day, even throughout the day. We really can. It
1: says, Search, Search me, O God. God. I ask you to read it, but I'm going to read it with you, okay? Let's do it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts.
0: Point out anything in me that offends you.
1: you. Would you ever genuinely pray a prayer like that every day? That's that's what the Psalms tells us to do. Mm -hmm. Papa God, point out anything in me that offends you. Maybe I've not turned from my sin. Point out anything in me that's offensive to you. Because if it's offensive to you, it's it's hurting me. Point out, and he says that, and we can pray this, and, and, and you will find life. Live life to the fullness and you'll discover the closeness that you have with the almighty God when you say, point out anything in me that offends you. And and that's going to be sin. That's in our life and we're just going to repent of it. And then he says, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now revival occurs when God gives you a picture of of what you really are on the inside. Now, we can jump to conclusions and tell other people, well, you must have this on the inside of you. Have you ever asked God to show us what's on the inside? What is it that offends you? Almighty God. And he'll show us what's on the inside of us. And he just wants us to change it. You turn. And he always gives us the power with Holy Spirit that we would turn, you know. We do the repenting, we we do the changing, you know, we, we tear down the idols that become more important than God Himself in our in our lives, you know. We do the confession of our sins. You know? I know I shouldn't have done this, but I did this, Lord. Please. Forgive me for what I've done, you know? And we can sense and and we can truly enjoy the presence of God as we obey him. He shows us the sin that offends him, not to make us feel guilty, not to hurt us in any way, but to set us free. Lord, show me anything that's offensive to you, you know? And then we, we bring about a change.
0: Every time we read that verse, though, there's a song that comes to mind. Yeah. You know what I it? Yeah, I think so. You better pitch it, though, because I pitched it too low.
1: <clears> you can <throat> go down to the basement and start it if you want to. <laughs> it's
0: kind of low down there, you
1: know. It goes something like this. Search, Search me, me, know, know me, me know try me and see Every
0: worthless, worthless affection, affection.
1: Hidden in me All I'm asking for Is that you cleanse me, Lord Create in me a heart that's clean Conquer the power of secret shame Do we ever have any secret shame? Yes. She knows hardly anybody answers (laughs) But I heard people whispering Conquer the power of secret shame. Come wash away the guilty shame of all my sin. Clothe me in robes of righteousness. Cover my nakedness with grace. All of my life before you now I humbly bring. And see, we're asking him to search us. And just show us whatever it is that's offensive to him. And it will only help us. And we'll become the men and the women God created us to be. He says here in Romans chapter 13, verse 11.
0: For the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed.
1: Hmm. The coming of our salvation, when we see Jesus face to face, is nearer now than when we first believed.
0: And along that line, Matthew 25, verse 13 says, So stay awake. Stay awake. Spiritually here, stay awake. And be prepared, because you do not know the hour of my return. Jesus Jesus is saying
1: this. He says, you don't know the hour of my return.
0: Romans 13, verse 12 says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So don't live in darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. Just
1: just get rid of them. Let, let your house be cleaned, you know, spiritually. Let, let it be cleaned out. Oh, man. Oh, we've not been too good at keeping away the clutter and the junk, mm. have we? No. We never, ever had a tag sale. That's the way to take care of a lot of it, I always thought. But when you ain't got a tag sale, all that stuff that makes up a tag sale is still in your garage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, we won't tell them, though, do we?
0: <laughs> well, was that about secret shame we just were seeing? We know that.
1: We, 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 we do. Yep. You know, but we know that God can help clean out, and he has, hasn't he? He is. And he's, he's working not just in the clutter in our garage, but what about the clutter that can get in our life? That's right. He can can help clean all that out and remove the guilt and the shame Mm -hmm. and give us a whole different attitude about life. You know, we can go to him with confidence and boldness, you know, when we pray.
0: Shed them like dirty clothes, the evil deeds. Clothe yourselves with the armor of right living as those who live in the light. Clothe yourself with the armor
1: of right living.
0: Hmm. It protects us. We should be decent and true in everything we do so that everyone can approve of our behavior. Don't participate in wild parties and getting drunk or in adultery and in moral living or in fighting and jealousy. But let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you.
1: Let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you. And and, and he will, you know, and... And, and and then he can help you turn, you know, because he's gonna challenge us to turn. You turn. You turn you turn, you turn, you turn, you know. Well he's challenged us all to make U turns. There's something we have to do, and he empowers us to do so. But let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you, and don't think of ways to indulge your evil desires. And and the word for uh, what are we studying here?
0: Revival.
1: Re. <laughs> re means again. Vival means what? Y'all remember what we talked about not too long ago. To give life. Re. To give life. Revival. You know, it's 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 talking about to be given life again, and God wants to do that. You know. Do you really want revival to take place in your life? Do yes. you want revival to take place in your community, in, in yes. your church, in your place of work? you want revival to take place on this planet in which we live right now? Yes. The Bible talks about it all over the place. And if we'll draw that little circle and say, God, start right here. And, and, and we'll just jump right to the head, head issue there. Lord, just show me anything that's offensive to you. I, I'm just going to turn from all my sin. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to tell you something. The relationship that you can have with God will blow your socks off. God loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to lead you and guide you and flood you with peace and make all the provisions that you could ever need for anything in your life. And then that one day when we step across and we see him face to face. It's awesome. It's wonderful. What he all has in store for us. Let's see here, because that time is scooting away from us. We're about done for right now.
0: Second Corinthians chapter seven verse eight. I am not sorry that I sent you that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while.
1: To, to hear about all the the bad things that they had done and the, what the consequences was, and he said, I'm not sorry that I sent you that letter. To straighten you out.
0: But now I am glad I sent it. Not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have. So you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow.
1: Mm, And you know what? Worldly sorrow is. Worldly sorrow. You can be sorry in a worldly way. You can be, oh man, I'm sorry I got caught. Maybe I was stealing something. I'm really, really sorry I got caught. Not really sorry that you did it, but you're sorry you got caught. There's a worldly sorrow there. But, and he,
0: yeah. but worldly sorrow, sorrow which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Just see what this godly sorrow produced in you: such earnestness, such concern to clear yourselves, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, and such a readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right. You
1: show that you've done everything. To make things right. You turn from your sin. You turn. You turn. You had a choice. And you turn from your sin and you turn toward God. And there's a transformation that begins to take place after that.
0: 2 Corinthians 5.17. The verse we're all familiar with. But those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone a new life has begun
1: they made a U. u-turn mm-hmm. that's what happens I made a u-turn many years ago and I, I venture to say a bunch of you've made a u-turn in your life haven't you yeah. Yeah. Christ has shown us and, and, and we we may need to make quite a few of those u-turns at, at, at times in our life if mm-hmm. we didn't keep on the track that we were on and we need to to do that again and he loves us and he He truly cares about us. He really does. And when we think about the crucifixion, you know, the cross and all, we miss the whole point if we don't think about sin. The crucifixion, it was the consequences of our sin. And the crucifixion also is a cure for our sin. Jesus died and shed his blood to wash our sins away. And all we got to do is believe in him. And revival also means removal. We remove the sin from our lives. We remove the sin from our lives. And, and we've turned toward God. And that removal of the sin, it, it leaves us squeaky clean and forgiven. And there's no secret shame. There's no guilt. There's nothing there that eats away at us. There's no worldly sorrow. There, there's just forgiveness. That's the most wonderful thing to be forgiven. I'm forgiven. He was forsaken. There's a song there. You remember yeah. that? There but we're we almost out of time. Okay.
0: Romans chapter 6 verse 6 says, Our old sinful, sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Hmm. We are no longer slaves to sin. Sin Never. will lose its power. When I like
1: that. When we turn, turn to God. turn that one sin. more
0: time. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin.
1: Hmm.
0: Galatians 6.14 says, So as for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world died long ago.
1: My interest in the things of this world that offends God, my interest in that stuff has died a long time ago. We just need to repent. We just need to turn from it. We we really do. I know we got some other things, but let me just share with you this one story, okay? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: A famous actor was once the guest of honor at a social gathering where he received many requests to recite favorite excerpts from various literary works. An old preacher who happened to be there asked the actor to recite the 23rd Psalm. And the actor agreed on the condition that the preacher would also recite it. Can you guys recite the 23rd Psalm? Mm-hmm. How come everybody's turning their eyes? <laughs> I don't want to make eye contact here. Like, do you think we can quote the 23rd song? Mm-hmm. We might we, together we could probably do it. Do you think? <laughs> Anyhow.
0: I know a song. No.
1: <laughs> I know there's lots of songs that connect to it. But it says here. You know, the old preacher who happened to be there, he asked the actor to recite the 23rd Psalm, and the actor agreed on the condition the preacher would also recite it. And the actor's recitation was beautifully intoned with great dynamic emphasis for which he received lengthy applause. The preacher's voice was rough and broken from many years of preaching. And his dictation was anything but polished. But when he finished, there was not a dry eye in the room. And when someone asked the actor, what made the difference? And the actor replied, I know the song, but he knows the shepherd. And I'm going to let you guys know that you can get to know the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want you can get to know the shepherd as close as you want to. And he wants to revive us. He leads us in the green pastures. He leads us by the still waters. He protects us with his rod and his staff. All the things that we need as a sheep, (laughs) he revives us and he provides whatever it is that we have need of because he loves us and he cares about us. And you know, knowing the 23rd Psalm is pretty good. But doing the shepherd is even better. So what I'd like to do right now, we have so much we would like to tell you, but we can't get to it. They ain't enough hours in the day. Have you discovered that? Yeah. Have y'all ever figured that out? It's like, there ain't enough time in the day to get everything done you want to do sometimes. But I'll tell you, the, the best thing to do is put God first. What's he tell us? I seek first God and his kingdom and all the things you have in need of will be added to you. That's what he tells us. let's just bow our heads if we could. And if you would just join me in reaffirming our faith in the almighty God, we truly do want revival. And he is not trying to heap guilt on us by telling us about all those sinful things that we ought not to do. He just wants to set us free. He wants to set us free. He wants you to turn from your sinful ways and turn to him. And then he can renew us and awaken us and empower us. He wants a close relationship with each of you. Would you pray with me? Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father.
0: Heavenly Father.
1: I believe that you love me.
0: I believe that you love me.
1: You love me more than I deserve.
0: You love me more than I deserve.
1: Thank you for sending your son Jesus.
0: Thank you for sending your son Jesus
1: believe he paid for all my sins
0: I believe he paid for all my sins
1: And then he rose from the dead
0: And then he rose from the dead
1: He's knocking at the door of my heart
0: He's knocking at the door of my heart
1: And I open wide that door
0: And I open wide that door. And
1: I welcome Jesus in And I welcome Jesus
0: as my, in. As my savior as my sin as my lord
1: and as my king
0: And as my king
1: Have your way in me Have your way in me Sin revival
0: Sin revival
1: Send revival in me.
0: Send revival in me.
1: And help me to ignite a fire.
0: And help me to ignite a fire.
1: In the area where I live.
0: In the area where I live.
1: Where people are on fire for you.
0: Where people are on fire
1: for you. Heal the broken hearts.
0: Heal the broken
1: hearts. And set the captives free.
0: And set the captives free.
1: Work a miracle in each life.
0: Work a miracle in each life.
1: And help us to find you.
0: And help us to find you. In a close
1: and intimate way.
0: In a close and intimate way.
1: In Jesus'
0: name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen.